Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Danny Shapiro, and this is The Way We Live Now. Today is day 51, since scoring paper towels meant we were in luck, and day 13 of this podcast. I've been thinking about young people, grade school kids learning on Zoom, high school students staring at even more screens, college students suddenly, abruptly, back home with their parents. What's it like to go from beginning one's life as a young adult to sleeping once again in your childhood bed. I really wanted to know. And then I thought, wait a minute. I have one of those right under my roof. Today, my guest is my son, Jacob Marin, who has just finished his sophomore year at Wesleyan University. Jacob, welcome to The Way We Live Now. Thanks for having me, Mom. So this is a funny question for me to ask since I'm actually looking right at you. But since I begin with this question always, tell everybody listening where you are right now and what do you see around you? So I'm in my childhood basement. I see a lot of objects that I haven't seen in a very long time that I don't really look at much because I don't spend any time down here because as I went to college, this has been turned into a recording studio. But I used to spend a lot of time down here playing Wii I see my old Wii and my old PS2 from when I would play 2K6 and MLB 06, the show, all these like old video games, sports games. A lot has changed down here since I've been down. When was the moment as a college student that you realized the pandemic was not something out there, but very much would affect you? It's kind of hard. I can't really pinpoint an exact period of time. I think at the beginning, I... Felt like there was no way that my program was going to be shut down. So I was studying abroad in London. And for me, I didn't think it was going to be shut down because I was thinking, oh, okay, so I'd fly back to New York City. I'm in London. They're two of the biggest economic centers in the world. How on earth could there be one day where people wouldn't fluidly be traveling between New York and London? So the idea that 
a program would be canceled in London would be crazy to me. I remember I realized that I would need to go home after the entire shutdown of the U.S., basically, um, and bans from flights from Europe. Even then, when I was had a flight home and I knew I was going to be back in Connecticut, I still thought I was going to be out and about. I remember I had a middle school friend with me who was still in London at the same time. And we were going to try to see each other once more before we came back home. And I remember she texted me saying, how about like next week when we get back, we get coffee together. So I still thought coffee shops would be open. There was no way that I was thinking that I was going to go home. And when I arrived up the driveway that I would not leave again for, you know, now it's been a month and a half. So I don't think there was like an exact time. I just realized that fluidly over time that there was more and more that was actually getting shut down. That makes sense. So you went from having, you actually said this to me a while back, from having the most independence that you had ever had in your life, traveling all over Europe, being on a different continent than your parents, really away and having a pretty fantastic time, to having the least independence that you've had in years and years. So you're stuck at home with your parents. That would be me and your dad. What's that like? Be honest. It's weird, especially the idea of when you have little freedom, you have to ask for permission. You have to ask for freedom. When I was in high school or middle school, I would ask, can I go to a movie with a friend? Now being at home, there isn't even anything to ask for permission for because I'm home. When I was in London, I feel like I would know exactly what I could do and couldn't do that's been engraved in me. But I had all of these decisions that I could make for my own every single day from when I woke up in the morning, what to eat for breakfast, what route to take to get to work, decisions to make at work, coming back home, what am I going to eat for dinner? Do I go out? Do I make food in? Uh, where do I go? You know, go get drinks. And all of a sudden, there aren't really those decisions to make anymore. So having that little freedom also means that you have less of an array of decisions you have to make. And having that little freedom, I can't really talk to you about it. So what's it like to wake up in the morning and just know that there really aren't decisions to be made? It feels like something's absent. Even in high school and middle school, throughout my entire life, I've had to make decisions every single second of every day. But now my decisions are like, what am I going to read next? What am I going to watch next? It's not like I've finished my last assignment for work now, so there really isn't anything that needs to be done in the future. So like the next thing that I need to kind of learn what to do is like figure out what to make for myself next, I guess. By what to make for yourself, do you mean like an artistic project or do you mean like macaroni and cheese? No, <laughs> <laughs> like in my life, what to like make myself feel happy or fulfill myself in some sort of way. The idea of making decisions is to fulfill yourself. Even at work, even at school, like these assignments, even though they like are aggravating when I'm doing them and everything that I'm doing, they are things to satisfy myself. So now it's about what can I do to satisfy myself in my own home without having to make these decisions that are like big life decisions, what to major in what classes to take. Those decisions are kind of irrelevant now because I can't even imagine in my head what school is going to look like in three months. When am I going to even be back at school? What's it going to be like when I'm not taking classes online? Like questions like that. I want to talk to you a little bit about the future, both the immediate future and what you imagine for it and the more distant future. But let's begin with the immediate future. I mean, here we are 
it's spring. We don't really know when certain restrictions are going to be lifted, when it's going to be safe to be socially distant with more people, or even what that would look like in a larger scenario. I mean, so many things are up in the air. So when you think about the immediate future, the next number of months, say, what do you imagine? I think the first question I ask myself in the morning is, is it worth it to take a shower and get dressed? I feel like when I shower and get dressed in my brain, it means I'm going to go out and do something. I think I've been straying towards not doing that and finding a way to like make myself comfortable in my own home in the immediate future. I imagine myself trying to find projects to do. I feel like everyone else you've interviewed on your podcast so far actually has you know, a profession and something to do. And I'm still trying to figure out what exactly I want to do for my living. So I feel like we're always uncomfortable when there's nothing to do anyone. So for me, not knowing what I'm doing for a living, it gives me an opportunity to like figure out what makes me happy and what I could do to like kind of open myself up to new activities, whether it be uh, around the house, taking photography, learning a language. There's just so much we can do, even though it feels like there isn't anything. How do you think this is changing you and your friends and your peers? Maybe too soon to say, but do you have any thoughts about that? At least for me, it's hard to do Zoom. Um, When I make a plan to talk to someone at night, sometimes it's hard for me to actually like get on my computer and do it. That's something like when I'm seeing someone in person, I can handle it. It doesn't feel like it's effort. But now it feels like I'm actually having to work my brain to understand that this is how we're communicating now. You know, I'm used to like, you know, Saturday nights, would there be rarely a Saturday night, both during college and during the summer, that I would be alone? My brain's trying to work around, like, you know, even though we can't even remember what date it is, what do I do now? I'm an only child, too, so I think that's a different question that I have to ask for myself. I imagine that when things go to something relatively normal, it's going to be, I think we're going to cherish our relationships with our friends more. Um, at least I am. Finding out that we can do more just, like, in smaller groups too. I can imagine right now going to a party of 50 and 60 kids at this moment, at least. Right. So it's like hard to wrap my head around what it would look like to do that again. When I think about the future of my relationships, I'm thinking about what will make all of us individual relationships be able to like actually enjoy company again and what it's going to feel like when we go back into the world like that. You turned 21 during this period of time. You turned 21 in captivity. What was your 21st birthday like? What'd you do? It's just funny. I, you know, I was, I was thinking about like, like, when I woke up, it was like, what would have my 21st birthday been like not in captivity? That's a weird question because five months ago, <laughs> like, what would a 21st birthday look like in captivity? So I woke up and I was thinking I wanted to like at least get alcohol. Like that's, you know, <laughs> I I would have been in a pub somewhere, if, you know, in London for my 21st in any other situation. So I did. I bought Italian beer. Very exciting. And I played beer pong with my parents. Also exciting. Not what I expected for my 21st birthday. Me either. <laughs> and also that my mom, the Danny Shapiro, is actually a fine beer pong player herself. Um, in case any of your viewers are wondering. Um, and I actually haven't had a birthday with you and dad in a very, very long time, like in home um, and like sitting around our dining room table and like enjoying each other's company and just like mellow. 
usually it's like in the middle of a semester and it's like tense work. And I actually had a day where it was like open and I had friends calling me and if I felt like very, very loved and it felt like in some, you know, through the the social cyberspace, you know, it felt like people were like still there with me in some sort of way. And that was something that was hard to wrap my head around. At the risk of sounding sentimental, I'm just going to say that someday I think I will look back at this time and be glad that we had this time together as a family, even though the circumstances are what they are and are certainly really difficult and really unknown and really anxiety-producing. I think we'll, we'll never forget it and maybe we'll even treasure it in a certain way. I love you. Happy birthday. Thanks for being my guest. Thanks, Mom. Thanks for listening to The Way We Live Now. Tell us the way you're living now. We want to hear. Call us on, you might want to get a pen for this, 909-713-8995. That's 909-713-8995. And record your story, and we might just use it on the pod. Also, you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash the way we live now pod. We are creating a community here and we would love for you to join us. You can find me on Instagram at Danny Ryder. The Way We Live Now is a production of iHeartRadio. It's produced by Lowell Berlanti. Beth Ann Macaluso is executive producer. Special thanks to Tristan McNeil and Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with the season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.